Hey guys, welcome to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Diana Lee. I spent years steeped in diet culture, obsessively weighing, measuring, and tracking my food. In 2019, I ditched macro tracking for good, and now I've made it my mission to help you swap diets for real food freedom. It's time to unfuck your mindset and stop letting food control you. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? I wanted to dedicate this episode today to a concept that I've been pushing out a lot more in my content. It's been cropping up a lot whenever I talk, so I feel like it deserves its own podcast here today. So what we want to talk about is how food freedom requires responsibility. It requires responsibility for you to nourish and care for your body in order to be done properly. To start this conversation off, I want to go over what is food freedom, because food freedom doesn't really seem to have its own definition. And so many coaches use this word. and I think it's jostled around by so many various different kinds of coaches, such as macro coaches, all the way to intuitive eating coaches, two very different ends of the spectrum. And yet we're all using the same terminology and food freedom looks different to all of us, right? I'm, I'm using the words food freedom a lot in my content. And it looks very different from what a macro coach says is food freedom. For some people, they believe that food freedom is simply ditching diet culture, could also be ditching morality around food or ditching dieting as a whole, never dieting again. And I think all can be true to some degree, but it really ultimately, I guess, means what food freedom truly means to you. Because once again, I'm not here to say which definition is right or wrong, but I'm going to tell you to me what food freedom means to me. And when I talk about food freedom, it is the concept of being able to eat what you want without fear, guilt, or anxiety around how that food will impact your weight, body, or overall well-being. And it's being able to navigate food with ease and confidence without having the restriction or rules of a diet holding you back. And that's what it means to me. And when it comes to my coaching and the way that I want to see my clients progress, what I try to do is I inform them of how to nourish their bodies how to do it with intention, and then ultimately down the line, release any kind of tracking. So if you're not familiar with my style of coaching, I do use what's called the hand portion method. It does require a very high level sense of tracking in which you track portion amounts, but you're eyeballing your food. So you're not weighing or measuring it. It's not a very exact method. It's very estimated. And I utilize the teachings of intuitive eating behaviors to help refine your intake, to help you bring this to a more internal process. And when it comes to talking about food freedom, and intuitive eating. In a lot of cases, I do believe that these concepts are being misconstrued in the health and fitness space, particularly by communities such as macro trackers, keto, paleo, or any kind of other dieting, right? And I believe that the reason why this happens is because a lot of these communities often tout discipline as one of their core messages. And that's not to say that I do not believe that my clients do not have some level of discipline when they work with me. I do believe that that is the case, but I think discipline looks differently 
in the health and fitness, fitness space in various different kinds of communities. From a macro tracking perspective, it takes discipline to weigh, measure, and track your food. And many macro coaches or macro counters will have like this underlying tone or even outright accusation that if you are unwilling to do these actions to track your food, you are either lazy or undisciplined, or you just simply don't quote unquote, want it badly enough. I've seen coaches outright call people out saying, if you're not willing to take the 15 minutes out of your day to track your macros, then, you know, insert accusation, you're not disciplined, you're lazy, you don't want it bad enough. And once again, I think that there is a level of we do need to step up to the plate when we want something bad enough, we need to put a strategy in place and we need to be able to track some level of data to ensure that we're doing it correctly. But I think it's wrong to assume that anyone who does not want to track their macros means that they're lazy or undisciplined, because as I've mentioned before, particularly in former episodes, Macro tracking for a lot of people can create disordered eating behaviors and patterns. So for many people, it becomes obsessive and it actually turns into an unhealthy action. So I don't think that's a fair assumption to say that if somebody is unwilling to track their food, they are lazy, undisciplined, the likes. And then when we look at the dieting space as a whole, so this is where I'm referring to the keto, the paleo, the whole 30, the Octavia and whatnot. There requires a certain discipline to eliminate foods from your diet and stick to very specific allowed foods. Now, of course, at what level are we going to distinguish where that discipline crosses over into disorder? That is not really for today's conversation, but the overarching theme applies where there's a level of discipline required. And if you just follow this diet, then you will reach your goal. And the assumption that it is the user's fault, that is your fault, if you fail on this diet, is I believe what's perpetuated through a lot of diet culture. We're continually sold the messaging that we are overweight and that we are unhealthy, which is fairly true to say we have become a much more unhealthy society, but it's on us. It's our problem. We are eating too much right? You are eating too much. You are eating too much processed food. You are eating too many carbohydrates. You are overindulgent and gluttonous and whatnot. And all you have to do is stick to a diet, avoid the bad foods. And as a result, everything will be fixed. You'll lose the weight, you'll keep it off and you'll be healthy. But then of course, when those diets ultimately fail, which they will, it is your fault because you lack the discipline, you lack the desire, you lack whatever it is that is required for you to succeed on these. And I believe that what, what a lot of these methods boil down to both diets and macro tracking alike is that you ultimately cannot be trusted to nourish your body, to feed yourself in appropriate amounts over the course of your lifespan. Because a lot of these are requiring you to follow very specific rules or to track your food for a long period of time without really developing the internal trust that you need within your body in order to move into a more intuitive space. So as a result of this mentality, 
that it requires discipline to either track your food or restrict certain foods, follow specific diets and what have you. I believe the intuitive eating space in a lot of fitness communities is seen as this space that tells people you can eat whatever the fuck you want without a regard to how it impacts your body or your health. And maybe there are people in that space who are saying that, who are pushing the idea of food freedom is eat whatever the hell you want. Let's not even look at you know, what comprises of your daily nutrition. But this is definitely a misconception that I do not want you to take because that is, that is really the core of the messaging that I've been pushing lately is that food freedom requires responsibility. You cannot go into this thinking that you can truly eat whatever you want because it's not going to work out for you. The concept of food freedom and ultimately being able to remove tracking your food from your, from your habits, from your behaviors, whether it's tracking macros and calories to the gram or even basic portion amounts, is you have to be able to understand how your nutrition as well as your lifestyle impacts your body and then uphold some basic foundational principles in order to be able to navigate this appropriately. And I want to explain this concept a little bit deeper. So let's get deep. Let's talk about some of the specifics. Let's help you understand a little bit better how these factors come into play. So at a baseline, when you want to find food freedom, you need to understand how to nourish your body. You have to. You simply cannot find food freedom unless you know at a baseline what works for your body and what helps optimize it so that it can function properly. And from a caloric perspective, right, we've got our energy balance at a whole. So the concept of calories in, calories out, this is the oversimplified concept of nutrition. The idea that as long as we eat below our energy needs, we will lose weight. And as long as we eat above our energy needs, we will gain weight. And if we eat right at our energy needs, we will maintain weight. This concept is far oversimplified and does not give you enough information to nourish your body. But it's still critical to look at because maintaining energy balance at a whole truly is important when it comes to looking at your body's operations and how it produces hormones and the likes. When we don't eat enough food, when we diet, I've already talked about this before in prior episodes, but dieting, especially chronic dieting, is stress on the body. You can go into a calorie deficit, a controlled calorie deficit to lose weight, but you need to be careful about how long you put your body on that calorie deficit. And the common issue that I see is that people are under eating chronically over long periods of time and often combining chronic under eating with chronic over exercising. So our body is in this constant deficit and that means it's under constant stress. When we don't eat enough food, our body will signal to our brain to downregulate the production of our hormone, particularly our sex hormones. And what I want you to think about is if your brain, let's say, perceives that externally outside of your body, there is a famine, then it's going to make the assumption we're putting in super layman's terms, but it's going to make the assumption that it is not a good time to reproduce if there is not enough resources to keep you alive and healthy, well, then it's not a good time to bring a baby in. And this is just biologically speaking, how the body kind of works in a very simplified term. 
Now, of course, we're not, especially particularly in first world countries, are not dealing with famine quite this way. The issue isn't resource availability for many of us. It's actually intentional. We are intentionally restricting our calories and doing it over long periods of time. And then we are paying for it within our bodies. Not only does extreme caloric restriction or even just prolonged caloric restriction downregulate our sex hormones, but it also downregulates our thyroid hormones. It leads to lower cognitive function and lower recovery, which over long periods of time, all of these actions can wreak havoc on our bodies. In addition, it can increase our cortisol production. Cortisol is your stress hormone. And while we cannot outright demonize cortisol, I can't say that cortisol is bad, but too much cortisol is a bad thing. So we need to be cognizant of how much cortisol our body is producing. Now, from a food freedom and intuitive eating perspective, being able to move into these spaces and being able to navigate your hunger and fullness without tracking your food, without to some degree controlling your intake, your hormones need to be operating appropriately. And there are specific hormones that due to the dysfunction within your body can be misfiring. One of them is ghrelin. Ghrelin is what signals hunger to your body. And the increase of cortisol can cause an increase in ghrelin, leading you to eat more than your body's energy requirements. can also have an impact on leptin. Leptin is our hormone, which signals satiety. And so if our leptin is out of whack, we once again might overeat or undereat due to how it's signaling to our body, whether or not it is signaling that we have enough food or not enough food. Stress and hormone imbalances can also increase the signaling of cravings, which many of us know our cravings typically don't mean that we're reaching for an apple or strawberries or vegetable. Usually cravings come in the form of sugar, and we often reach for products with high sugar, high additive content. So usually cravings cause us to reach for foods that are not as great for us. And now, of course, once again, from a food freedom perspective, I'm all about not restricting specific foods, but overeating these foods is not balanced. And so we do need to some degree understand that hormonally speaking, we need to keep ourselves in check. So that way we're not constantly using our willpower to tell us, I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. You're going to be fighting that willpower fight for a long ass time if your hormones are out of whack and continually signaling these cravings that you have to battle day in and day out. If your hormones are not being released properly within your body, then you're going to have an awfully hard time regulating your appetite naturally without the use of calorie regulation or a diet. To me, this does not look like food freedom. To me, having to adhere to a diet constantly or having to adhere to tracking your food to the gram in order to maintain your weight or lose weight or gain weight for a long period of time, that just to me does not feel natural or normal. And if we're going to get to a point where we can release these from our habits, from our behaviors, then we need our hormones regulated. Now, of course, I don't want you to just assume that under eating is our only issue. Eating too much, particularly eating too many processed foods or having an imbalance 
of nutrients can also have negative impacts on our body, which can increase our hormone production, leading to levels that are higher than what we need, which can often lead to various different chronic diseases, inflammation within our body and the likes. So still, once again, you know, I know that I talk a lot about under eating because that's what I see a lot of the times, particularly in the space that I'm in with those high intensity activities, but overeating and eating out of balance can do us harm as well. And of course, macronutrients. So I just talked about overall total caloric consumption, whether we're eating too much or too little, but I've also mentioned some macro balance. So eating enough of the right things is also what's going to help our bodies thrive in their optimal state. When it comes to protein, the amino acids from our protein goes towards muscle building and recovery, as well as the creation of hormones and enzymes and more. Carbohydrates are our body's preferred energy source as well, and they provide fiber in a lot of cases, which aids in our ability to properly excrete waste. Fats can also provide energy, but they also go towards making hormones, form the brain and nervous system, and transport vitamins. So what you see is that on a more granular level, looking beyond just your overall caloric intake, eating enough or not eating too much, eating the right balance of protein, carbs, and fats is critical for us to understand. So that way we can create this balance within our body. So we have enough energy from our fats and carbohydrates that our body doesn't need to, let's say, dip into our protein stores and take away from muscle building activity, right? And the likes. Then when we get even more granular with how we eat and how we nourish our body, we're looking at the micronutrient level. And these are the vitamins and minerals that are required by our body to maintain that balance and optimal health. Now, of course, there's expansive vitamins and minerals. So I'm not going to go over what each one plays a part in the body, but just know that we do want an overall balance. And where we get these from is from a variety of mostly whole real foods. So what our diet comprises is not just the protein, not just the carbs, right? Because we can get protein and carbs and fats from processed foods, but it's from the whole real foods where we're going to get majority of our vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that are truly going to help our body thrive. And we want not just balance, but we want variety. We want exposure to lots of different foods. So that way we can get exposure to more of those vitamins and minerals. Based on this information alone, what I want to convey to you is that you cannot ignore the fact that understanding how to nourish your body at a baseline level from a caloric intake perspective, from a macro intake perspective, and a micro intake perspective is critical for overall health, for hormone health, which helps you regulate things like appetite, fullness, satiety, the likes. And as ideal as it sounds to move into a food freedom space or an intuitive eating space where you're not paying attention to these things, it's just simply not realistic because if your body cannot operate optimally, you cannot read your cues optimally. Now, of course, you're probably looking at this and saying, okay, well, anyone who tracks their macros will obviously tackle their total caloric intake, their macronutrient intake, possibly micronutrient intake. And yes, I agree to some degree it does, right? When done correctly, macro tracking can absolutely be used to teach you all of these valuable lessons. But I've 
said it before, and I've said it again, that there's a lot of times that macro tracking is not done correctly. A lot of times it is being used without the aid of a coach telling you how to meet your numbers, how to meet your grams of food with appropriate nutrients. And a lot of times for a lot of people, macro tracking can create fear mongering. For a lot of people, macro tracking can cause them to avoid foods that can quite honestly be healthy for them and can provide vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, macronutrients that they need from a whole real food source. So a, a common thing I like to pick on is the idea that you know people will opt for rice cakes, which are often not very nutrient dense because they are a lower carb option. They can eat more of them a lot of the times without worrying so much about going over on their numbers versus then let's say rice or quinoa, in which case where they think, well, it's higher calories, I can't eat that, but these foods will offer more nutrients. So it's really important that we look at that. I'm not really going to harp on, you know, the pitfalls of macro tracking in this episode, but the essential piece that I want to highlight that I do believe is overlooked by macros, which is an essential stepping stone to finding real food freedom. Now this is real food freedom, according to what I believe, the idea that you do not have to weigh, measure, or track your food for the rest of your life in order to keep yourself in check. And that is rebuilding the trust within your body and yourself to nourish your body. You need to start getting in touch with how you're building your meals, what it looks like to build well-balanced meals. And then on top of that, how your body feels in response to these meals. We need to start getting a little bit more in touch with how our body responds to our eating, how we're eating, right? So one of the things that I like to really focus on with my clients right from the get-go is mindful eating. The act of eating slowly and mindfully and paying attention to how you eat. In fact, slowing down your eating and paying attention to your food can aid in better digestion, which a lot of times what a lot of my clients say is that symptoms of bloating that they commonly feel with eating goes down. They don't feel as bloated after meals because they're actually digesting them better. Overall, we need to start getting in touch with our eating behaviors and our ability to recognize hunger and fullness as well as how our body feels and how our body responds to food. And this needs to be a part of your process towards food freedom. And that's how you're ultimately going to find food freedom in the end. Now, food freedom cannot just come from food alone. You cannot oversimplify it from a nutrition perspective either. I really do believe that you need to incorporate lifestyle factors into your process as well, because it's not just food that regulates your hormones and helps your body feel its optimal self. You also have to look into things such as sleep, stress, recovery, and more because in addition to food, these all do play a vital role in your health and well-being and your ability to properly read and respond to your body's cues. So if you're super tired because you're not getting adequate sleep, one, this is going to impact your hormones, the release of those hormones such as ghrelin and leptin, which impact the signaling to your brain about hunger and satiety. But in addition, cognitively speaking, you're going to have a lower cognitive function. You're going to have a harder time making more quality food choices and fueling your body properly, right? That is just such a basic example of how all of these lifestyle factors also play a huge major role in your body and ultimately how you care for it and how you navigate your food freedom journey in the future. The message that I'm trying to get across in this podcast episode is 
that anyone who is going on this food freedom path, maybe ultimately aiming to not track their food and eat more intuitively in the future, there is a sense of discipline and hard work and education that goes behind this because you need to not only understand how to nourish your body from a nutritional level, but also how to care for your body from a lifestyle level. And you cannot find real food freedom without truly caring for your body at a basic foundational level. You cannot expect yourself to be able to eat a side of French fries without overeating and without feeling like shit. If at a baseline, you do not take care of yourself. If you do not understand how to build a healthy, balanced, nutrient-dense diet while also maintaining a healthy lifestyle, then you will continue to struggle to read your hunger cues, to read your fullness cues, which will intervene greatly with your ability to move away from tracking food and navigate your nutrition intuitively. A huge part of this process is also healing your relationship with food, eliminating a lot of that fear and that guilt. Because that fear and that guilt is what drives us to overeat a lot of the times. It's what drives us to feel out of control with food. So from a mental perspective, you need to let go of your shit when it comes to food in order to find that balance and that peace from a food freedom perspective. Finding food freedom and eating intuitively should not mean that you eat whatever the hell you want. I really believe that it means that you have a solid understanding of what is required for you to thrive as a person while being able to intentionally navigate indulgences mindfully for a fulfilled life. Because quite honestly, I don't want to live a life without French fries. I think French fries are delicious. And I don't see, <laughs> I don't see the point in taking those out, even if it means they are kind of bad for me. But I work hard to nourish my body at a baseline so that I can indulge in those French fries mindfully without have, it having a major negative impact on my overall health and well-being. I do not believe that you have to weigh, measure, or track your food to get to this point. So that's a huge key piece that I want you to understand. And that is macro tracking is not for everybody. It works for some people and good for you if it does. But the people that I'm speaking to, the if you are here on my podcast, the chances are you have already had a negative experience with macro tracking. To some degree, it has led you to being more obsessive with your food and to finding a hell of a lot less food freedom because it creates a lot of fear and anxiety around food. And I want you to know that you do not have to go down that macro tracking path the way a lot of coaches will say in order to learn how to nourish your body. And there are other ways, but in order to go down this path, you do have to learn how to take care of yourself. I hope this episode was enlightening to you as far as the food freedom concept that is constantly strewn around on Instagram and the likes. And I hope it helps you develop a better understanding of what you need to do to move forward with your relationship with food, with your relationship with your body and what it really means to care for yourself. I hope this transforms how you think about your health journey, because I really do believe that it goes beyond just looking at weight loss and transforming the physical shape or size of your body. I really think it comes down to understanding that you have a responsibility to care for yourself. You have a responsibility to nourish your body and to manage your lifestyle in a healthy way. 
And by doing so, you will reap the benefits of eating more intuitively in your future, finding that food freedom, being able to let go of the food anxiety and guilt because you won't have so many of these negative interactions with food. You won't have the feeling that it is your habits, behavior, your way of eating that is putting you in an unhealthy state, which is most likely making you miserable or unhappy. And also if you feel like macro tracking was not for you, that you know that there are other ways to go about it, but diets are not the way to do it. Finding rules and restrictions is not what's going to ultimately lead you to food freedom, but understanding a basic foundation, understanding what your body needs at, at a bare minimum is truly what's going to help you move into that direction. If you guys have questions about this, let me know. My DMs are always open. And if there's a topic that you want to hear me cover on this podcast, by all means, please send me a message. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear more about what you guys look forward to hearing about, what you're looking to learn about here and more. And of course, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please do share it with your friends and family. Pop it up on your Instagram story. Getting the word out helps because once again, I want to reach those who maybe don't want to track macros and let them know that there is truly another way. Until then, I will catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I am so happy to be a part of your health journey. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're now one step closer to ditching diet culture and finding real food freedom.